Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, hello again, this is Kelly. And no matter what time of the day we're catching you, I hope that this 15-minute podcast gives you something to think about. Last week, we talked about how I would be reporting on my civility workshop. And again, to remind those of you who may not have heard about it, it really is my way of finding hope for humanity, that we can learn to create compassion and respect with those we have total disagreement. And I'm happy to report that it's actually working. Um, and again, the goal here is not to change mindsets, although that does happen organically over time for the participants, but rather to understand mindsets. And so I'm gonna start with the question here called, have you ever won an argument? <laughs> um, I don't believe I've ever won an argument. I may have thought that I came out on top, but if there wasn't an absolute uh, clear resignation on both of our parts to give up our perspective and join in the middle, generally speaking, we don't ever win arguments. We have strong viewpoints and we shove them down people's throats and we get very irritated when people think differently than we do. And then we try to strategize and come up with some ways to change that poor person's mind. Like how did they get to be so silly? Or we might even use a different word um, like stupid or something like that. But the fact is um, we don't generally win arguments, but what, let me give you an example. Like my husband and I, every Saturday when after we work out, we take um, a sauna, which is lovely in our in our gym. And um, there's there's he, he's always he's he's a great guy in terms of getting taking care of things. He's like really good about making sure everything's well maintained. There's no dents, no, there's no dirt. Everything's perfect all the time. And that's his bias in life, and I really appreciate it. Except my bias is, hey, when you use stuff it kind of gets used and maybe wrinkled or slightly their paint rubs off or water spots show up, which is the case with the sauna. Now, if I took more care to put the water on the rocks in a more meticulous way, I'd probably have less water spots. But somehow or another, I think when you use a sauna, you're gonna get water spots where he is of the mindset that, well, if you can prevent it, why the heck wouldn't you? So likely, we're never going to win an agreement about the right way to do it. But what we can do is we can negotiate and I can decide to be more present when I'm putting the water on the rocks and, or I can just have him do it. <laughs> uh, 
But but my point is, we're never going to see eye to eye. I just have a different relationship with things that he does. And who knows the etiology of that? We've not explored it. But nonetheless, that's an example of, that's going to be a hard argument to win. And so what happens in this workshop is not winning an argument, but understanding where in the world did this person get the anatomy of their belief system. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this course is it's two hours and I do offer it Zoom the second Tuesday of every month from 4 to 6 p.m. And if you're interested in, in uh, participating, you just have to call my office and we'll get your email and um, we'll go from there. I will have the ability to do it on my website, but it's not quite yet in play. Um, so that's 509-927-8997. And again, it's a two-hour process, really. I gotta say, it's one of the funnest things I do. So here we are in this workshop, and the value about this is, is you get to say everything on your mind that has you believing a certain way you believe. And then you get to actually, you know, raise your hand to say, yep, I'm done. I'm, I pretty much said everything to explain my, my perception, my perspective, my position. And you, in the process of doing it, you're not going to be challenged in that someone's waiting to find a gap in, in your logic or question you as to why you feel that way or make you feel bad about holding a different opinion than the other person. It's really about accepting and honoring, not finding the truth. It's finding your personal truth in this moment, but it's not about finding the truth. And so, because listen, um, everybody's perception and reality is their own and it is their truth in that moment. We're not gonna argue about whose truth is more true because you really get nowhere in that regard. But what happens is you start to hear yourself speak and before you know it, like, my goodness, I'm not even, I'm not even sure I feel that way anymore. Or the seven out of 10 reasons I had to believe this way, hmm, only four of them are really accurate anymore. You know, you start to kind of sort yourself out and that's where the change comes from. But the, the changes are little by, by little uh, in these conversations in terms of it, nothing might even happen the day of the workshop, but two weeks later, I'll get an email like, I've really been thinking about what so-and-so said about la -di da and huh, I'm starting to change my perspective a little bit. But here's the thing I wanted to bring up to today. It was, it was a really great uh, workshop, some terrific people. And there's this one gentleman who was very bright and very articulate. And when I asked for feedback, when they broke up into one-on-one -on -one conversations, it's not so much about what they talked about, but it was just um, how comfortable he was in his own skin explaining his perspective. Really comfortable and the words just flowed. It was expecting to be received properly. But when it came time then for him to listen um, to this younger gentleman about a topic that he had slightly different perspective on, he said, man, listening was so uncomfortable. I, you know, in, in a in great vernacular, I suck at it because I just wanted to like turn the channel. I wanted to get up and walk away. I wanted to go get something to drink. I wanted to, you know, ask him if he could be done. I wanted to jump out of my skin. I wanted to shake him. I wanted to figure out what strategy I could do to fix this guy's thinking, which is so different than mine. And he just had to keep coming back to, no, here's a person talking to me about what's important to them. 
and follow their logic if you can. Follow the story. Be entertained. Be curious instead of mad or angry. And he was able to stick with it towards the end. It got easier, but he just noticed his reaction was, oh, I want out. I want to, I really want to change the topic or I want to say I've got a call and leave. <laughs> um, so he saw that about himself and I thought it was very astute because in fact, that goes on all the time. And I was talking to one of my patients about it this week. I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's a personality thing, but as some of us are really committed to changing the world and, and fixing broken things that includes broken people or people we think are broken and so when we start to find that they think differently and you're and you're certain that your way of thinking is is larger and a better perspective and, and more true you instantly get a little bit of sinking in the pit of your stomach thinking hmm how do I fix this person what do I send them what do I say to them what video could I share with them but if you can pop out of that and just enjoy the movie the watching of the person and the listening to their story. And let me tell you, there's always a really cool story. Um, there's a story about when, when the thought process started and then you start adding other data on top of it because now you have a bias and we tend to pick up information that supports what we already think. And we tend to ignore information that is just on the opposite side of the fence. And so I wanted to mention um a really good book that I'm reading right now called The Way Out, How to Come Overcome Toxic Polarization by Peter Coleman. And uh, I, I just wanted to bring attention to maybe a story some of you have heard about the tale of the Cherokee elder who was teaching his grandchild about life and said, a fight is going on inside you. It's a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, greed, arrogance, and ego. The other stands, however, for joy, peace, love, hope, kindness, generosity, and faith. The same fight going on inside you is inside every other person. So the child thought about it for a moment and then asked, which wolf will win? The old man replied, the one you feed. And this is exactly what I'm learning over and over again in the workshop is that we are only a product of the thoughts, the biases that we've continually fed. And don't confuse me with the facts. If you give me uh, a peer reviewed paper that is in opposition to what I want to believe, you will not even recognize it as the truth. And in this book, he brings up something that I think is quite, quite profound. And that is how we as an organization, as a culture, as a community, as a nation, you know, we started to give our, get our news from social media. We started to give, get our perspective from social media. And while their mission statement is to develop community, sadly, when you take a, um, a closer look at it, I, you start to see how this community, a building community, is actually breaking us apart. So let me take one paragraph from his book and, and read that for you. Now let, let's get this straight. Online social media, increasing our, increasingly our primary channel for communication and source for entertainment, news and information. And one of the more accessible avenues of contact we have these days with people who disagree with us is built primarily for debate, 
criticism, competition, social comparison, and contention. It does not offer much space for promoting reflective listening and mutual understanding. In other words, the underlying algorithms on which the major social media platforms are currently based are actively pitting us against each other. And I, when I read that, I underscored it and went, of course, of course. I mean, that's not the intention of social media. I'm certain the founders didn't think of that, but that's certainly what's occurred. And so now we, we have this proclivity to fight instead of understand. And guess what? That's, that's never very good. <laughs> so I want to give you a, a picture of something you can be thinking about when you're, when you're talking to other people. And that is... Um, if you look at a balloon, let's say a, a circle on a page, and that circle has got a lot of empty space. And in that empty space, let's say it defines you and all the particulars of you, uh, your nuances, your strengths, your weaknesses, the stuff that you, you forward come forward with and stuff you hold back, your history, your sadnesses, your, you know, your happinesses, all that stuff is in that circle. And yet you talk to a person and they, at the very best, even if you're, uh, if you're an acquaintance, the very best they're gonna get a tiny speck in that big circle of who you are and what you represent and how you got to where you are. And so if we look at people like that, like, oh my gosh, let's expand the speck. Let me ask more questions curiously, like, oh, that's interesting, tell me more, instead of being so quick to saying, oh, geez, you're, you're an idiot. You know, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> We may not say those words out loud, but we certainly say the words inside um, to ourselves. So that's, that's just an exercise I'd like you to play with this week. And one of the conversations I wanted to share with you um, from the workshop as we, end, as we end the podcast today was two women who actually one wanted to talk about um, guns and the other wanted to talk about guns, you know, gun laws and that type of thing. Turns out they were coming from opposite perspectives. And the one woman who uh, is just lovely, kind, such a sweet person, you could tell would never hurt a flea. It probably would pick a spider up and move it out of the house instead of squishing it. She'd always had this horrific relationship with guns. And there was a moment she said during Sandy Hook where something shifted in her brain and said, wow. I now have to look at the country I live in through different lenses. I now have to see this country as a dangerous place with people who should never have guns, getting guns, using guns to kill people, good, innocent people and destroy families. It was a very, really hideous uh, uh, situation for her. It was a lot of pain for several months as she was dealing, reeling from the Sandy Hook uh, disaster. And that was like a moment in time when then all of a sudden she started looking at all these other stories about horrific gun um, crimes. And so when, when her partner received her information and fed back to her about what she heard, she was accurate. And, 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 and this woman who uh, was in opposition to guns felt heard and appreciated. And you could tell there was a kindness between the two of them. And then the next woman spoke about how her husband had purchased a gun the year previously 
because of the fear they had living in their neighborhood next to a park as they had been attempted to be broken into not once but three times. And he didn't have any way to protect his family and his children and his dogs and his wife. And it was at that point he decided to go and purchase a pistol and get some um, training and really really get comfortable with how to use it and the rules around it and the challenges that would come with it and took it on very responsibly, if you will. And uh, when the when this other woman said to the first participant who's afraid of the guns, and she said, my husband got a gun to protect us. I saw this woman say the word out loud, protect, like a question mark. And at the end of the conversation, I was able to hear her say, you know, I never, ever thought of a gun as something to protect me. It was such an insight for her and a softening, perhaps, of how maybe it would be okay to have guns sometime if you were that person who was feeling threatened. And, um, you know, she said, I've never felt threatened. I've never had anybody try to break into my house. I've never had that that experience. So I thought that was a fascinating conversation. But when they were both done, they thanked each other heartedly. And you could tell, you know, there was a lot of affection between the two of them. And they thanked each other for sharing their perspective, not trying to change them, but just like, huh, adding a little bit to where they where they were before they came into the room. So those are the kinds of fun things that I'm getting to observe. And it certainly helps my perspective as well, because it's like going to two movies, <laughs> person A's movie and person B, B's movie. And what I'm finding is that angst I have when I'm talking to someone from a different perspective. Hmm, I'm not having quite as much, or I'm not getting quite as worked up. I'm looking more curiously than not. So again, to reiterate, I do the Zoom class from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at no charge from um, 4 to 6 on the second Tuesday of the month. And if you want to, I think I said second Tuesday. I think I meant first Tuesday. I apologize. My, my calendar keeps getting changed, but I think it's the second Tuesday of the month. And if you are so interested, you uh, sure can call my office at 509-927-8997 or email me at kpearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, D-C at M-A-C.com. And in the headline, put Zoom Civility Workshop. I'll look for it that way because I get hundreds of emails a day and I don't want to miss that. All right. You guys have a spectacular day. I appreciate your time. And as always, enjoy your day. Bye. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we're done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website 8minutestoageless.org will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.